This is in memory of Jared Orchen, and we will turn to page 827. We'll learn about Parshas Matot. We'll start at the beginning of Parshat Matot, and then we'll dwell into a very interesting concept. God spoke to Moses, saying, Take revenge for the Israelites against the Midianites, then you shall die and be gathered to your people. God tells Moses, what the story with the Midianites? The Midianites, when Bilam, the gentle prophet, wanted to curse the Jewish people, Balak commissioned them to curse the Jewish people. And he wasn't successful. He ended up to give the most beautiful blessings. But then before he left, he told them, I have an idea for you. If you want to get the Jewish people in trouble, send out the Midianite girls. They will seduce the Jewish boys. And then they will control them and they will make them worship idols. And beside this business of non-Jewish girls, but what the worst part here was that it was successful and the Jewish boys that were worshiping idols. And because of this, God was upset with the Jewish people and a plague broke out among the Jews and 24,000 Jews died. Then God is now telling Moses, go take the revenge of the Jewish people in the Midianites. And then he tells them, you will die. Moses will die. Now, naturally, if somebody hears that this is his last mission, he's not in a rush, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, he makes a meeting, then he makes another meeting, then he goes, then he comes. It takes his time. <coughs> Moses did it right away. Okay. Quick question. The 24,000, that's the same number that died in Akiva's uh, plague? Yeah, very yes. interesting, very interesting, yes. What do you think Good the thinking. connection is? The connection is that 24 is a... Is Din number. It's a judgment. It's not a good number. Twenty-four. Like eighteen is a good number. Twenty-four is not such a good number. Two dozen. Two so dozen is not such a good thing. It's a good sound. Sound twenty-four is a good sound. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, twenty-four. There's a whole thing about it in Kabbalah, mm -hmm. about certain numbers, and it's twice the, the double dozens. Yeah, this dozen is not. You don't see. I mean. For the 12 tribes, but 24 in itself is not a good number. There is other stories of 24 that didn't work out. Hello. Mm -hmm. That's why I choose. Then uh, it's, you're right, it's the same number. And there is a, there is a verse in the Bible that says that cut um, is means twice half dalet. And basically, this number is not a good number for the Jewish people. Then when you want to give a donation, make it 25. <laughs> Actually, 26 is the, is the number of God, the, of the name of God, is the, the gematria, the numerical value of the word Hashem, the Yud K Vavke is 26. Mm -hmm. That's a good number. 28 is 20. Oh, that's strength, 28 is strength. Okay, let's continue. Moses spoke to the people saying, detach men for armed service against the Midian, so that God's revenge could be taken against the Midianites. Now here, Moses says, God's revenge. God said, the Jewish people revenge. To teach us that God's revenge is the Jewish people revenge. When somebody is against the Jews, is against God. Somebody is against God, is against the Jews. And history proved it. But we'll not get into it. In any case, he says, I want a thousand people from every tribe. Okay. Uh, quick question again. Yeah. Uh, Moses grew up in Midian, or well, not well. He was eight years Very old or whatever in, in Midian. Good. These were his, his kind of his people. That's why. That's why Moses sent Elazar to go to war, and he didn't do the war because he benefited from the Midianites, 
and Judaism teaches us about akarata tov, you have to be thankful. Then from the, there is a statement in the Talmud, from the well that you, draw, you were drinking water from, don't throw a stone in. Then because he benefited from the Midianites, he didn't go to the war with the Midianites. He himself didn't do the war because the question is, God told them to do the war, why he gave it to somebody else? And the answer is because he was, he benefited from the Midianites. That's what the Medrash says. He had a son with Midian woman. Yeah, he married her. Yeah. Tzipora. Yeah. Go ahead, you want to continue? From the thousands of Israel, 1,000 volunteered for each tribe, i.e. a total of 12,000 special It's interesting, groups. they translated volunteered. <laughs> Even the, the, the way Rashi learns it, it's not volunteered. You see, volunteered were given over. If you look in the notes in the bottom, 331.5, were given over. According to Rashi, the way it's written, the text is, they were, they were ended over. Why? Because the Jews didn't want to go to war. Why? Because they didn't want to see Moses die. They didn't want to see Moses die. The same Jews who gave Moses so much trouble. That was to have fun. But now that it's serious, oh, we love him. There is a story about a rabbi. A woman came, and she cursed him out with the worst curses. And the rabbi tells him, why are you letting him do such a thing? She said, he said, she doesn't mean it. What do you mean she doesn't mean it? She's cursing you out. So you want to see she doesn't mean it? He calls her in and says, Hey, the lady, you want to give you a blessing? Should have a child like me? He says, Oh, Rabbi, I wish I would have a child like you. He told the wife, He said, I told you she doesn't mean it. <laughs> then the same thing is here. The Jewish people were giving a hard time to the Jew, to Moses, because, because they're Jews. But when they heard that Moses is going to die, they didn't want it to happen. And there's a whole long thing about that, but we will move on. Go ahead. They were given, if I not, go ahead, you finish the. Moses sent forth the thousand men from each tribe as an army along with Pinchas, son of Eleazar, the priest, who was in charge of the sacred articles and signal trumpets. Pinchas, the same Pinchas who took revenge in the beginning in the Midianite, the same Pinchas was, was sent here to finish the job, so to speak. Go ahead. They mounted a surprise attack against the Midian as God had commanded Moses and killed all the adult males. Along with the other uh, victims, they also killed five kings of Midian, Avi, Rechem, Sur, Kur, and Reva, uh, and the five, Midianite, uh, the five Midianite kings. They also killed Bilam, son of Beor, by the sword. This poor prophet who wanted to kill the Jewish people was killed by the Jews in the end. That was this war. Okay, let's continue. Mark, you want to continue? The, other, <coughs> the Israelites took captive all the women of Midian and their children. They took as booty all their animals, all their possessions, and all their wealth. The Israelites also set fire to all their residential cities and fortresses, taking all the booty and plunder, uh, plunder both man and beast. They bought and came <coughs> back with a whole... You come back from a wall, you have a lot of goods there. So we got, we got some wars where we weren't allowed to take booty and some where we were. They did, they did not take the booty, and they did not take it for personal use. Mm -hmm. Which war you were not allowed to take a booty? Uh, oh, Joshua. Joshua. Uh, um, in which, ja in, in the story, in the, um, in the Jericho. Mm -hmm. The story of Amalek, you're not allowed to benefit from it. Mm -hmm. That's why it's written by, by the Megillah, they didn't touch the booty. Mm -hmm. They killed the enemies because they were descendants of Amalekites, so to speak. But uh, the, as we will read later, they didn't take the booty for themselves. They brought it to Moses for the, for the collective good. They wanted to Moses to tell them what to do with it. All the stuff, 
Who's the one guy with the, what's the guy's name with Joshua who took the booty? Ochon, Ochon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He took the idols, I think. It was more than just booty. Okay. They brought the captives, the plunger, and the spoils to Moses, Eleazar the priest, and the entire Israel community, who were in the western plains of Moab on the Jericho journey. Moses, Eleazar, and all the community princes went out to greet them outside the camp. However, Moses was angry at the generals and captains, who were the officers returning from the military campaign. Okay, Moses, they came back, and Moses was angry with them. Why was Moses angry with them? Right. Why have you kept all the women alive, demanded Moses. These are exactly the ones who were involved with the Israelites at Balaam's instigation, causing them to be unfaithful to God in the pure incident, and bringing a plague on God's community. Now kill them. Okay, we'll stop right here. Moses was angry with them. Moses says, you brought here the Midianite women? They were the source of the whole problem. They seduced the Jewish people, and because of them they worshipped idols, and because of it was a plague among the Jews. You were there, you were going now to take a revenge in them, to, not to bring the girls here to make more tzores. To a point, the mentor says they were able to recognize this is the guy who had the trouble, who went with her, and this is, the, this is the woman who went with this guy. You brought him back! <laughs> but Moses was very, Moses was angry. Moses was angry. So now, now kill every male child as well as every woman who has been involved intimately with a man. However, all the young girls who have not been involved intimately with a man, you may keep alive for yourselves. Okay, it says we have to get we have to get rid of them. You must now remain. You want to continue? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not written anywhere that actually Moses did it. I mean that the Jewish people actually, it actually happened. According to, I mean, it's probably it happened, but it's not written clearly that they did it, actually. That they mean, killed them? You mean yes. that they killed the women yes. or that they yes. kept the younger women for themselves? <laughs> All of the above. All of the above. No, they, they kept the younger people for themselves. That's written. Yes. That was allowed. Would they have been it, says, it says you may. You may, yeah. Would they have been slaves at that point or would they have been uh, concubines? Um, I'll tell you, if you if you marry her, you're not allowed to make her a slave. We know the laws from a war <laughs> by a woman. If, you, if, if, if there is laws that if, a parent, if they do in biblical time, they went to war and they found a woman they want to marry her. If, if you marry her, you're not allowed to right. to treat her like a slave. Absolutely not. You're talking about conversion and marrying. Then she's not a slave. She's your wife. <laughs> Absolutely not. Excuse me. Was the uh, the plague limited to those that had been seduced or was that yeah obviously yeah 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 the people not so much to do the people who worship idols okay. you need to understand the idol worshiping was such a disaster that was the end of the four years the beginning of the four years was the golden calf now fine all generation died in the desert now it's a new generation showing these are the good guys the same story all over again with the work that they worship the Baal Peor. Moses was buried to across the, the Baal Peor, it's written, to atone for the Baal Peor for this sin of the golden calf. See, the golden calf is a, is the, the problem with this is the relationship between God and, and the Jewish people is compared to a marriage. Right? We are the wife, God is the husband. 
Worshipping idols is having an affair. Going to another guy, another more man. That's why it's so bad. That's why it's so angering, so upsetting God. And that's, where it's, that's why the problem was not so much, I mean, it wasn't so great, the whole Midianite woman story, but the real problem here was the idol worship. And the same story that happened for, happened four years before, all over again, the same story, never, nothing changes. The new generation behaves just like your parents. Well, we see it happening over and over again up through yeah. the Babylonian exile. Every time <laughs> your wife and you see your son doesn't behave, just, he's doing just what his father is doing. When the bad behavior, the father is blamed. When it's a good behavior, then the mother takes credit for it, obviously. Then, okay, you must now remain. You must now remain outside the camp for seven days. Whoever mm -hmm. killed a person or touched a corpse must purify himself on the third and seventh days. As far as you and your captives are concerned, every garment, every leather article, anything made of goat products, and every wooden article must undergo such purification. Basically, anything that touched a dead body, any person. We've, had, we've had wars before. Seems strange that now... Which wars? We fought Amalek. the Amalek. How many paid for? Amalek was five minutes after they left Egypt, before yeah, they received the Torah. Mm -hmm. Before they received the Torah. Og was later, I think. Yeah. No, but, the, but, they've but, 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 but they've, this isn't the first battle they've had. No, that's one of my points. Which other battles they had? Og and... Sihan and Og took place already? Yeah. Yeah. In the order of time? See, so who killed Sihan and Og? Moses. I don't know if it was a collective thing. And besides, it's not a super... It, I mean, the Torah was given within the four years. You need to understand. There's a whole discussion if the Jewish people had to observe the Torah in the desert or they started the full observation when they entered the land of Israel. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's not a surprise why here and not there. Okay. It's not a... Little by little, Moses gave the laws. You'll see something interesting right here. Okay. Eliezer the priest. Eliezer the priest said to the soldiers returning from the campaign, this is the rule that God commanded Moses. As far as the gold, silver, copper, iron, tin, and lead are concerned, whatever was used over fire must be brought over fire and purged and then purified with the sprinkling water. Okay, that which was not used over fire need only be immersed in a mikvah. Then he said he was teaching us the laws of immersing dishes in a mikveh and also kashering. Then what's the laws of a mikveh? He said anything that was in the possession of idol worshiping today by anybody who is not Jewish basically has, laid, has to be immersed in the, in the water in a mikveh in pure water before it can be used that's why we take we have a special mikveh for dishes you, you immerse the, the, every dish that you, you buy you get now if it was if it was used for food and it's it's a dish even from even a, even a, a Jewish person used it for non-kosher a product, he has to kosher it. If it's with fire, you kosher it with fire. Or boiled water, it's like this. If you use it for cooking, it's basically used with boiled water, then you use it with the same thing. You kosher it with the same way, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. You yourself. You yourself must also immerse your bodies and your garments on the seventh day, and you will then be clean so that you can enter the camp. Okay, we'll stop right here. 
Elazar told that to the Jewish people. Elazar, who is Elazar? Aaron's son, right? Who is Elazar to be a talker here? Well, the old Rabbi Moses is standing right there, talking to the Jewish people. Elazar is his nephew. You know, by Jewish law, you're not allowed to offer a halachic ruling in front of your Rabbi. Mm -hmm. Let's say I was standing next to my teacher. From Yeshiva, give me the rabbinical ordination. Somebody walks in and asks a question. What should I do? I'm not allowed to offer uh, uh, the, uh, the ruling. I have to turn to him. In front of Moses, Elazar is giving. And from where is Elazar knows the laws? Who taught them? Not Moses. What happened there? Why is Elazar talking? Where is Moshe? Oh, the chutzpah. And Rashi says, all Rashi says, something bad happened here. What happened to Moses? What he did before? Right here on this page. What he told when he saw the Jewish people? What he told them? He got angry. He got angry. He got angry. He made a mistake. He forgot. I'm sorry. He got angry. He made a mistake. It's written, Vaiktsov. If you look on the second line, the top of the page, the last word in the second line, Vaiktsov. Vaiktsov means Moses, he, he got angry. That's literally the word from Vaiktsov. Um, this is number 14, right? Let's see how they translate it. However, Moses was angry, yeah? Moses got angry. Then Rashi brings other examples where Moses got angry and he made a mistake. You tell me when Moses got angry. When he hit the rock. Mm -hmm. When he hit the rock, very good. Called Moses. the Jewish people rebels. Because that's the same. Oh, the same. Okay, the Moses called the Jewish, even the word angry is not written there. But because he called the Jewish people uh, uh, rebels, that's in Pasha's Chukas, right? In the beginning of Pasha's, um, in Pasha's Chukas, it's on page, Page 763, number 9, you can read it, 763, number 9. Uh, Moses took the staff from before God as he had been instructed. Moses and Aaron then assembled the congregation before the cliff. Listen now, you rebels, shouted Moses. Shouted Moses. <laughs> water for you from this cliff. The first time I ever heard of the cliff about the cliff. Cliff. What well, was a stone? Well, a rock? What's the difference? Can I took out water from this rock. cliff? <laughs> That's just a small. Yeah, it doesn't rock. Cliff is like you fall yeah. over the top. Yeah, like a big, like mountain type cliff. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I said Moses got angry, and therefore he made it, instead of speaking to the rock, he lost it, so to speak. Whatever it means by Moses, and he made a mistake. We, we see this also with Hillel. Any one second before we go to Hillel. Any other examples with Moses? Um, at the golden calf. Okay, we'll see the golden calf. We'll go to the golden calf. What page is it? Very good that you opened it. Uh, Four fifty-one. Four fifty-one. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see what happened in the golden calf. Four fifty-one. Good that you bring this up because that's a very important thing to see. Four fifty-one. 
Okay, what what we will in the bar in the bottom of the page. Um, Doctor Olchen, uh, you want to do us a favor and read a few lines for us? Four fifty one in the bottom. Moses turned around and began going down the mountain with the two tablets of testimony in his hand. They were tablets written on both sides with the writing visible from either side. The tablets were made by God and written with God's script engraved on the tablets. Joshua heard the sound of the people rejoicing, and he said to Moses, It sounds as though there is a battle going on in the camp. It is not, a, it is not the song of victory, replied Moses, nor the dirge of the defeated. What I hear is just plain singing. As he approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, Moses displayed anger and threw down the tablets that were in his hand. Moses displayed anger. What kind of a word is that displayed anger? He was angry or was not angry? But we'll go to it. Continue, continue. Tablets that were in his hand, shattering them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that... Okay, that's the main thing. Moses was angry. He smashed the tablets. No. What happened after he smashed the tablet? Did he get another set? Mm -hmm. yeah, Obviously, it wasn't such a mistake, right? Moses was never punished for this, right? For reading the rock, he was punished. He, he wasn't. Obviously, it wasn't such a mistake. Okay, any other places that Moses got angry? Yeah. When Miriam died. He wasn't, no, he wasn't angry. No, when water died. Yeah. Well, it's when the same thing. That's the same story, that's the same story. What about when he killed the Egyptian? Yeah. He, he did a mitzvah, angry. he wasn't angry. Wow. He was saving a life. Okay. Oh, wasn't there the, some anger with when the, the whole issue with the meat? God was angry, not, more, not Moses. We was, we was, we was Moses more angry. No, Scados. Hmm. Well, in Deuteronomy, he's, he sort of starts. Yeah. It's even clear, Moses was angry. Uh, at the um, uh, the uh, Ruvain and God when they wanted to stay behind. Actually, he was angry. That's that was last week's parsha, but I don't think it's written the word. Uh, he didn't lose anything. He, he, he didn't lose it, and he was. He, it's not. Uh, let's see what's the word, what's written there. Could could did you bring it up? Yeah. Um, it's not written that Moses was angry. He tells them that God was angry. And Pharaoh got angry. We also Moses got angry. Two places. No. The spies. When he said he didn't, when he when he told God that erase me from the book of your. He wasn't. He wasn't angry there. He was defending the Jewish people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Angry means, oh, we'll get to it, but let's see first see where also Moses got angry. Okay, I will not torture you so much. <laughs> um, you remember anything with, uh, with the story of the two sons of Aaron? With uh, yeah. the pains? They died, right? Mm -hmm. And what happened later? 
Okay, well, let's open on page 541, I think. Yeah. Number one. Let's read a little bit. Go ahead. Aaron's sons, not of an avihu, each took his fire pan, placed fire on it, and then incense on it. They offered it before God, but it was unauthorized fire, which God had not instructed them to offer. Fire came forth from before God, and it consumed them, so that they died before God. Okay, we'll skip all of this, and we'll turn to the next page. Um, and we'll see, uh, completing the service. What happened is, they offered sacrifices on this day. That was the day of the inauguration, in the middle of this tragedy. Then, that they offered sacrifices. They had the coins, Aaron and his sons were supposed to eat from the meat of the sacrificial meat. They did not eat. Oh. Then Moses got angry with them. Look at number 15. Yes, right. Go ahead. The hind leg for the elevated gift and the chest for the wave offering shall be brought on top of the choice parts designated as the fire offering. It is all to be waved in the prescribed motions of the wave offering. The leg and chest are meant to be a portion for you and your descendants for all time as God, as Hashem uh, commanded. Okay, don't worry about that. That's number 16, I'm sorry. That Moses then inquired about the goat slaughtered as a sin offering. As a sin offering. And when he discovered that it had already been burnt, he was angry with Aaron's surviving sons, Eleazar and um, Itamar. Itamar. He said to them, why did you not eat the sin offering in a holy place. It is a holy, uh, is a holy of holies has been given to you to remove the community's guilt and atone for them before God. He said this, that they burned, they burned, they did not eat the offered from a sin offering. There is a piece that the coin gets. And the coins eating it is an atonement for the offering. For It's a part of the atonement. They did not eat it and it was burned. If it's not eaten, it has to be burned. Moses find out what they did with the sin offering. They told him it was burned. He turned to Elazar in his summer. He didn't want to scream an errand. It was not nice. Turned, he says, what do you did? He was angry. Moses got angry, it's written here. He says, how do you did it? What happened? Well, I just have a question here. It says that when he discovered that it had already been burned, where yes. was he? Moses said, it was a mess. It was a big event. With the, with the service, with everything together. 545. Yeah, the next page. Continue. Aaron responded to Moses today. I'm when sorry, they, uh, uh, yeah. yeah when, Go ahead. When they sacrificed their sin offerings and burnt offerings before Hashem, such a terrible tragedy occurred to me. If I had eaten the sin offering today, would it have not been would it have been right in Hashem's eyes? When Moses heard this, he approved. He approved. He told Moses, I'm the time before the, the day of the death, the person is considered an onen. Onen is a certain category, he cannot eat from the meat of the sacrificial meat. That Aaron tells him, God would want me to eat the meat. One says, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. How did Aaron know? For Moses. And Rashi says, what means Moses? And why Moses got angry? Because he got angry, he forgot the law. This is the three examples that Rashi brings. The story that we have in this parasha, in Parshas Matos, with the Midianite woman, therefore he forgot about the laws of purification. The story of the eating the rock, and the story of the two sons of Aaron's death. There is one more time that Moses got angry in the Bible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it was four times. Yeah. 
It's four times. But Rashi only brings three. Rashi brings three. Yes, we can follow from the Talmud. But there is another place that's written that Moses got angry. Then, but, uh, but re- realize that Moses did right. not bring the example. Is that, got angry? Is that yeah, got angry? Moses became very angry. Um, right which page it. is it? Yeah, yeah. 743. 743. I'll take you back to all these places, then you'll be... <laughs> Remember the story on page 3, 335, with the manna. Moses told the Jews that manna is coming up from heaven. They got all excited. And what he told them? Don't leave it to the next day, right? And what, and what some people did? Let's on page 337, number uh, 19. Moses announced to them, let no man leave any over until morning. Nobody should leave from the manna, but it's a po- daily portion. Tomorrow you get new ones. Go ahead. Some men did not listen to Moses and left a portion over for the morning. It became putrid and maggoty with worms. Moses was angry with these people. Uh-huh. And he was angry with them. You know what happened later? Continue. Read it, actually. It's interesting to read. Go ahead. The people gathered it each morning according to what each person would eat. Then when the sun became hot, it melted. Every day they got <clears> the <throat> portion. Um, you want to continue? When Friday came, that they gathered it turned out to be a double portion of food, two omers for each person. All the leaders of the community came and reported to Moses. Moses they said, came, <laughs> one second, <laughs> they came Friday. Every day they got out. Uh, one portion, uh, Omer, it's like a pound, let's say. Friday, everybody finds in his package, two pounds. They don't know what's going on. They came to Moses. Moses said to them, go ahead. It's before first Shabbat? Yeah, yeah, very good. Moses said to them, this is what God has said. Tomorrow is a day of rest. That's Holy Sabbath. Bake what you want to bake and cook what you want to cook today. Whatever you have left over, put aside carefully until morning. Okay. Moses now told them when they came, he said, what's going on? Oh, I have something to tell you. Tomorrow is Shabbos. Shabbos, we don't have, we don't cook, we don't bake, we have to have everything before Shabbat, right? When Moses heard the news that the second, that the Friday will be a double portion, much before. God told Moses two pages ago, two pages before that, 335, Number four, when Hashem told them, God said to Moses, go ahead. I will make bread rain down to you from the sky. The people will go out and gather enough for each day. I will test them to see whether or not they will keep my law. On Friday, they will have to prepare what they bring home. It will be twice as much as they gather every other day. Right in the beginning, that Moses comes and tells them, no, you're going to have manna. He didn't tell them a word about Friday. Later, oh, they came with the potions and said, 
that some people in the commentaries, as all discussion was it a bad thing that wasn't. One of the explanations is because he got angry with the people who left over, he forgot the law. And came Friday and they showed up with the two points. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of the explanations. Now, when we, when we choose that his anger was good, what's going on here? What's the game here? Here is something that lost in translation. In English, in Hebrew, there is Vaiktsov, as I showed you. In the time, the, this fixed partial, when you talk about the, the Midianite story, it's written Vaiktsov. And the story of Aaron, the two sons of Aaron, Vaiktsov. In this story with the mana, Vaiktsov. You know what's written in the story of the golden calf? You have the papers, pages there. It's on page. There is another word for anger in the Bible. Another word completely. Well, was that the one that said displayed anger? Yeah. Like right, right, said righteous anger? Dis displayed anger? 451. 451. Thank God for you. 451. Look the word because it's a very, very, very important distinct, distinct, uh, distinct, uh, different word. 451. One second, I cannot even find the page. Okay, um, in the bottom, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's two page, three lines from the end, from the bottom, the, the last word, Vaichar Af Moshe. Not Vaichtsov, Vaichar. And that's what Ul told me about another place that's written that Moshe was angry. In Korach, Vaichar, right? What's Vaichar? Vaichar, Lemoshe Mod. What would be the word Vaichar? Related to Vaichra? No, upset. Disappointed. Very disappointed. Very sad. I had the word in English, not uh, greeted. Um, grieved. Grieved, thank you. Grieved, that's the word. Grieved? Grieved. Moses was very grieved. It caused him a lot of grief. He wasn't angry, but a lot of grief. Upset. That's Vaichar, and that's the difference from Vaichtsov and Vaichar. Vaichtsov means getting angry. Vaichar means he had a lot of grief. What's the difference? Now it's my commentary. The difference is if you lose it or not. <laughs> now, where we see it is big different. In every other places that Moses get angry, that's what I told you about Korah, that's about the, gold, the golden calf. There is many, many other places. Vaichar, Vaicharaf. Can Hashem get angry? That's a question. It's never written about Hashem getting angry, the word Vaiktsov. It's only written Vaichar Af. He was, what's the word? Grieved. Grieved. Pained by the behavior of the Jews. God doesn't lose it. God, and we see it all over the Bible, the different. And it's a very, very, very important thing to realize the difference between these two. And there is only three places written by Iktsov. Or, yeah, three places about Moses that he got angry. 
even in the story of the Iraq, it's not written that he was angry. Just he, he, he told them rebels from this, the Bible learns, the rabbis learn that he was angry. Now, where is written about God's anger? Where can you recall God's anger? And God will get angry with you, Moses says a thousand times. Well, with the golden calf. Moshe says, you know. That's, that's Moses got angry. Actually. No, but, but, but I thought that uh, he's saying that you should. And Mo in the same page, if you're already in 451, look at number 10. It's written uh, 9 in number, number 10. You see, now, let's start from number 9. Who's supposed to read? Um, yeah. Can we read number nine? Yeah, please. God then said to Moses, I have observed the people and they are an unbending group. Now do not try to stop me when I unleash my wrath against them. I unleash my wrath. If you look in the Hebrew side, Ve'ichar api. Ve'ichar, the same expression. No anger. I heard it from a rabbi many, many, many years ago and I really didn't understand what he was talking about. He like throw it in, says God never got angry, it's not written about anger about God. And only this week I really realized what he was saying. We all see in the Bible, something that we all know. We talk about anger of God. God will be angry with us. In the Shema. In the second paragraph of the Shema, it's in the Torah too, obviously. You remember the Shema, guys? Mm-hmm. My anger will flare up. Yes, 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 yes. On page 923. Number 16. It's too much exercise, huh? Turning the... Everything. You want to read, please? Be careful that your heart not be God's anger will then be directed against you. Okay, now we'll look in the Hebrew side. Um, and the, it's, it's line, do you see line 17? <coughs> line 17, the, the fourth word. Vechara. Vechara is like Vaichar. Vechara af. Like Vaichar af, that's the same word in Hebrew. Af is a nose? Af is a nose. It means like the smoke goes out from your nose when you're angry. That's what the Rashi explains. That's why af is not, yeah. Hashem. Okay. So we're going to give it a, a physical description that we say, like his smoke comes out of his nose from upsetness. But after all of this said, means grieving. So why, why do all the English translations translate it? Ay, 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 This is Zaria Kaplan, you know. He think he would know. And where I saw it, it's written in one of the places, maybe by Korach, it's written, and Rashi says, he became full of grief. That's how it translated, the story of Korach. And you go through the old Bible, sometimes, let's be intellectually honest, sometimes when, God, when Moses speaks about the anger of God, he used the word ketzef. Like Vaikov. You understand? He says, God was angry with you. Actually, in the book of Deuteronomy, um, God was angry with you. Where is it? Um, Here on page 915, for example, if you turn uh, 915, number 19. 
Moses describes the anger that God had against the Jews. God also, number 20, mm -hmm. see, God also expressed great anger. Then the word is, Asher Katsaf. If you look on line 19 on the Hebrew side, one word before the end, that first we say af, he says the word af, like vaichar af, but then he's in chema, and then he says, Asher Katsaf. Katsaf is like the word vaiktsof, the same word. That Moses sometimes when he describes the anger of God, he's using the word anger. But never, when God was angry, it's never written in the Bible, the word Vaiktsof. It's written Vaikharaf. He was very upset. He was pained. But never, never angry. Because that's a word that he doesn't want us to be ever. Oh. Very good point. Wait. That was a good thought. <laughs> Thank you. There is a Jewish law that says then you if it comes to angry to anger a person you know usually my this writes about that in every everything that you do you should go the middle road don't be don't throw money away don't be too stingy don't uh, everything that you do do exercise but not too much guys <laughs> I mean, whatever you do the middle road is the right way everything that you do comes to anger Jewish law says you're not allowed to have not an inch of it. Nothing. You're never allowed to be angry. You're not allowed to. It's a sin to be angry. And if your kids are, don't behave, that you're allowed to display anger. We really saw the word display anger. You're allowed to display anger. You're not allowed to be angry. Now to show like you have to be in complete control. Because being angry means living, losing control. You're not allowed to lose control. To go crazy. Now, everything there is a Talmudic statement based on a verse in the Bible, Magid Varav Leakov, Hukavu Mishpatav Leisrael. Magid Varav means everything that God says, God told the Jews, God gave the Jewish people laws. His laws. What does this mean? The first one to live by these laws is God Himself. That if God demands us, from us, never to be angry, then he cannot be angry. Therefore, it's not even written that God was angry. God never demands from us not to be upset, not to be grieved, but not to be angry. He doesn't say it. It demands from us. You're not allowed to be angry. Why? To a point it's written, the Talmud says, Kola koes, anybody who gets angry is like his idol worshiper. Can you believe it? Here we had a plague because of idol worshiping. We we're just talking about that. I got angry, big deal. Who doesn't get angry? Yeah. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Even Moses got angry. Mm -hmm. But why? Why is it like idol worshiping? Because what does this mean to get angry? You controlled. I let's say I'm late somewhere. I'm late. I'm late somewhere. <coughs> I can't believe it happened to me. If you're late, obviously God wanted you to be late. You got stuck in traffic. You're late. God wanted you to be late. But if you have believed in God, you would say, I tried my best. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. If I get angry, what does this mean? Said God, you're not the boss. I'm the boss. There's no God. I'm basically denying God. It's like worshiping idols. 
Don't have to go. We don't have to worship idols to bow down to something. Worshiping idols <coughs> means I am God. That's what. What are the idol worshippers? You think they're stupid? Why they change idols? They know that idols are nothing. They basically said, I'm, I decide. I am God. I tell my God what to do. I don't like this God. I'll find another God. I don't like this God. I'll find a third God. It's like people say, tell me sometimes, my God cannot do a holocaust. Yeah, if you buy the God in the store, or you order them online according to your vision, that's fine. Should you find yourself another God? <laughs> you don't like this one? We'll replace him. But if God is God, and I'm in his image, people make God in their image. That's the problem. <laughs> the reflection goes the other direction. I'm a nice guy. Can God cannot do this? <laughs> really? First of all, maybe God is a nice guy, even if he did it. But that's a different story. But let's say you don't like what God did. Many times we don't like what God did. Yeah, that's normal. That's, that's natural. Absolutely. But this is God. That... Getting angry is like worshiping idols, and that's why it's so, it's so, it's so. I mean, in Judaism, it's so, it's so unaccepted, and it's written that when a person is angry, he basically chases away God from him. Why he loses it? He loses God. But he loses. He loses. He loses. He loses God. God is not with him at that moment. Therefore, Moses can make a mistake. Job get angry with God. Job. I'm not a big maven in the book of Job. I didn't read it too much. Because I don't, Job, need, I don't, I don't need to get depressed. He, he obviously argues with God. But argues with God. God. Listen, that a human can get angry, that's not it's that's not a surprising. <laughs> it's not surprise. It's, I mean Moses Moses, the ultimate human being, it's written that he got angry. And he got angry for the right reasons. But still he lost it because of it. But that God, that's why in the Bible and that's an example. That's why he mentioned Hillel before. What's the greatness about Hillel, we say? That Hillel was never angry with anybody. There is stories upon stories about Hillel. That there was once two guys made a bet if they can get anger Hillel. And one guy came and came Friday afternoon. He bet on 400 uh, coins, expensive, I mean, golden coins, whatever it was, a big amount of money. And he came Friday afternoon to Hillel and he screams outside the door, who is Hillel here? Hillel was the leader of the Jewish people. Who is Hillel here? Like his friend. Hillel came out. Hillel was about to take a bet. Came out, dressed himself up. Yeah, my son, what do you want? He says, why the heads of the Babylonians, Hillel was a Babylonian. Why the heads of the, heads of the Babylonians are in a certain shape? He wanted like, to insult Hillel. Hillel gives them an explanation. Okay, it is. Five minutes later, Hillel is about to get into battle, or maybe he was in. Who is Hillel? Who is Hillel? Hillel gets dressed up again. Why are the eyes from the Chinese are long? He says. He tells them, Hillel tells them, because there is a lot of sand there, that they cannot, God made it, it should be in a way that the end, that the sand shouldn't come into the eyes. He walks in. Who is Hillel? The same thing, four, three, four, four times. Maybe more. Finally, he says, you are the Hillel that everybody speaks about you. He says, yeah. He says, there shouldn't be too many people like you. He says, why? He says, because, I, because of you, I lost my bet. But <laughs> 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 Hillel tells them, it's worth it for you to lose 400 coins and another 400 coins, and Hillel should not lose his temper. Mm-hmm. And this is... When we want to describe Hillel, the most famous Jewish rabbi, actually, among the rabbis, this is the stories that we bring about him. 
his main achievement was that he never lost his temper. And that's why when people came and told them the story with the convert who came and he said, I want to learn, there is three stories of three converts. The Talmud tells in great details. One story is that a convert came and told them, I want to learn only the written Torah. He says, you hear that there is two Torahs, the written Torah and the oral Torah. He says, I want only the written Torah. He came to Shammai. Shammai told him, you're insulting us. But the old Torah is, not, is a part of the Torah. What do you mean? You want to take only a half of the deal? Goodbye. He came to Hila. Hila said, okay, no problem. Written Torah, written Torah. Let's start today the first private tutoring class. Start to teach him Aleph, but anyway, to start, start somewhere. Teach him Aleph, this is Aleph. See this letter? This is a bed, this is a gimmick, this is a dollar. Then he tells them, come tomorrow. Tomorrow he comes, it shows points on the Aleph, says, this is a tough. This is a Reish, this is a Shin. So you said yesterday it's alphabet. He said, ah, even for the written Torah, you have to believe us. Mm-hmm. Even the alphabet, you have to have a teacher to believe the teacher that this is Aleph and this is bad. Now what are you telling me? The old Torah, I don't believe you. You guys made it up. The written Torah is the truth. The alphabet, how to read the written Torah, you need to believe us. Beside that the Bible itself, the Torah itself, is, there is no punctuation, no vowels, no nothing. You, we to start the verse, we to end the verse, you have to have a tradition. If not, you can mix up all the verses, can have a whole different meaning. Many verses, there is examples for it. Our, our verse can have a whole different meaning. If you finish, you stop, you stop it in a different, the punctuation is a different, one word earlier, one word later. This guy learned Torah, learned the whole tradition, converted to Judaism. Then there is a second story about a guy who passed by a school and heard how the teach the kids learning Heider, that the high priest used to have special golden clothing, I mean made out of gold, and yet and he was he comes to Shama, he says, I want to be convert to become the high priest. He tells them, We need you to be the high priest. We have so many coins, we need we have a whole tribe. He sent them away. Came to Hila Lila Tana, fine, no problem. He started to learn, to learn, to learn. One day he comes, he eats in the Bible, he says that a stranger who enters the temple will die. He says, Oy vey! <laughs> then he says, oh, if the coin, if, 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 if the Jew enters a temple, the temple without permission dies, me, the time I convert, for sure he cannot. But immediately converted and he joined the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Then comes the most famous story. The guy who came and said to Shammai, teach me the Torah while I'm standing on one foot. And Shammai t- pushed him out. Came to Hila, Hila told him, whatever you don't like people to do to you, don't do to others. It's the opposite of the American statement. Treat others like you want to be treated. Hila said, don't, what you don't like people to do to you, don't do to others. What's the difference between these two statements? To say, treat you, treat, treat me, uh, I treat others like you want to be treated, unnecessarily. I, let's say I'm a person who is not insulted. You can tell me harsh words. That I will also treat everybody else like this. I will insult people right and left because I don't care. You can insult me back. No, it doesn't go like this. It's like, you know, the Talmud says about a marriage. said you should love her, you should love your wife like yourself and none of her more than yourself. What does this mean? A husband can say, I buy shoes once a year. You also treat you like just like me. It doesn't work like this. You might need shoes once a year. She needs once a month, once a week. I don't know how much. <laughs> you cannot say, I will treat others like I want to be treated. 
because you might want, a person will say, I need just water, bread and water, what do you need meat? You might, good and very important. You're on a diet, you're a vegan, you eat only chvesish was, that's good for you. But it doesn't mean that that's what you should treat everybody around you. All the poor people say, I will give them all the what I eat, I eat bread and water. There is a story about a man who came, a rich man who came to the, one of the rabbis and he told them, Rabbi, I decided to sleep on a, to eat only bread and water, to sleep on a bench, and to become very righteous. Because it's written in the Mishnah, if you want to learn Torah, you should eat bread and water, you should, you should live a harsh life that you, you become closer to God. The Rabbi looks at him and tells him, no, 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 no. I want you to sleep on a good bed and eat meat every day. So he lives. Then his son asks him, Rebbe, if the son, if the Chassid told the son, what happened? He comes in and says, Rebbe, Father, why you told him that? Finally, he wants to do some tshuva, some repentance. He says, you don't understand. If he eats meat, he will understand that the poor person needs bread and water. If he eats bread and water, the poor person will get nothing. <laughs> understand that we cannot say the statement, treat me, the way I will treat you the way I want to be treated. What we could say is, what you don't like people do to you, don't do to others. That's very true. That's simple. Don't be, if you don't like it, for sure the other person also doesn't like it. And even if you think he likes it, if you don't like people do to you, don't do it to others. These three, these three converts once came together and they said to each other, if not for Hillel, he wouldn't be around, he wouldn't be Jewish people. Then Hillel is known for not losing his temper, no matter how ridiculous the request was. But there was one time. Yeah, man. He becomes a Nazi. He didn't lose his temper. It says that he chastised him, and then he forgot the. He forgot. Uh, yeah. He forgot, and that's the same yeah, concept. Yeah, but it forgot. But it's not written that he lost his temper. What's written there? The story is like this: Eliel uh, was Eliel was not a rabbi. Eliel was an immigrant from Babylon. The Babylonian immigrants were not loved in Israel for whatever reason. It, nothing changed, you know, in life. It's the second temple. It was in the middle of the second temple. Yes. And Hillel, Hillel was, uh, and then it was one time, Pesach happened to be on Saturday night. And the question was, are you allowed to offer the Passover lamb on Saturday day? Usually on Shabbat, you're not allowed to offer sacrifices, only the community sacrifices. The question was, is it a community sacrifice or a private sacrifice? Nobody remembered. How could be that nobody remembered? Because when it was, we're not going to all details, but before the days of the calendar, it could happen that 50 years uh, Pesach should not happen on Shabbat. Could very well happen. There could be a whole generation, nobody remembers. The leaders of that generation were the, the people from the, from the family of Bnei Betera, from the city of Batir in Lebanon, that the family came from. Then they didn't know. They said, somebody said, there is an immigrant, Hillel, he knows. He probably knows. They called Hillel. And he started to prove, he says, like the, the, the Shabbat sacrifice, push us off Shabbat, and, that's, and he went on, he built proof of the Bible, no, not the proof in many ways. Finally, he said, that's what I learned from my rabbis, Shmaya and Naftalio. But they heard that, they accepted it, and the rabbis of Nebuchadnezzar were great people. They got up, and they resigned, and they said, you be the leader. He sat down on his, on his chair, and the first thing he did, he, re he rebuked mm -hmm. the people from the, the other rabbis. He says, if you would learn Torah good, like I did, you wouldn't forget. Five minutes later was a question. You can take the animal to the temple, but you know okay. everyone had to bring a knife to slaughter the animal. Are you allowed to carry the, the knife on Shabbat or not? Hilo yeah. said, I heard and I forgot. Mm -hmm. ah. 
And the Talmud says, he said basically, look what the Jews do. The Jews, if they are not prophets, they said they are, sons, they are disciples of prophets. There is prophecy among the Jewish people. Somehow they'll discover, they'll figure this out, how to do the right way. They end up to do, to, to stick their knife in, in, the, the, in, the, in the horn in the or in the, in, the, in, the, in the wall of the animal. They bought, and, and the animal carried it. What I mean to say is, and the Talmud points out, the commentaries, why I forgot, because he, he put them down. Because the whole, they showed them right away from heaven. <laughs> Don't be such a big chochem. But from there we learn, but it's the same, you're right, it's a good point, it's the same story. Because he said this, he forgot right away. The same thing that the three stories with Moses. Same thing with uh, Joshua and uh, Jesus 300. That's not because he wasn't thinking. He just Moses asked, but that's another story. The lesson is that you're not allowed to be angry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well said.